Hi, Divine Darlings. I'm Akisa. My name's Irene. And, and we're, we're Fem Entity. Welcome back to the Queen's Mentality. Today we have the beautiful Semi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. Can you introduce yourself and your business, please? Sure. So, hello everyone. My name is Samak. A lot of people know me as Semi. Um, and I am a South Asian immigrant living in Mi'kma'ki. And I moved here in 2014. So, it's wow. been nine years wow. now. Nine years. Nine years. And I moved here at the age of 18 to go to university. And I mm -hmm. basically just stuck around. Uh -huh. um, I do a whole bunch of different things. I have a regular nine to five job where yep. I work at a marketing agency um, and I do paid media there. The way that I explain that is, you know, when somebody Googles something one time and it comes up in all of your feeds forever until you die, <laughs> I'm the person who puts that there. Uh -huh. um, so that's what my regular nine to five is. I also do like content creation, influencing stuff for myself, for other local businesses. Um, I also just produced a short film, yes, uh, which was very exciting. Um, one of my deepest passions passions is to empower and give voices to BIPOC individuals, specifically women. Um, so this film was about two South Asian women and the differences between their immigrant journeys and the intersectionalities of the in immigrant journey, mm -hmm. wherever you are in it. Um, so that recently happened and premiered, but what my business is, it's called a pocketbook um, and it's a social enterprise. And I basically host events for BIPOC artists and entrepreneurs and creatives to give them spaces to come together and yep. talk about their experiences and share and build community because Halifax can be very white uh -huh. and there's uh -huh. not a lot of spaces for us. So I just uh -huh. wanted to Absolutely. build a little home for everyone to be able to hang out in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so what's the name of your films right now? Um, so the film that was just released was called Entree. Amazing. And for anyone watching, where can they go to watch it if they want to? Well, it was just playing at the Atlantic International Film Festival. Right. And because it's doing the film festival circuit right now, it's not like out in the public. Okay. Because like film festivals can be really re like weird about that. Like if they're just like out there, they don't necessarily want to screen them. Yes, mm. exactly. Mm -hmm. That's. But if you want to see it, hit me up and I'll send you a link. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So going along the lines of empowerment with BIPOC community, what mm -hmm. inspired you to create events specifically for BIPOC creatives? So this idea actually kind of started in 2019 where I went to like a blogger event um, mm -hmm. and someone, her name is Shika, she lives out in Ottawa. I, at the time she was living in Ottawa and she used to host these like blogger meetups and she was coming to Halifax and I had no idea who she was. She just slid into my DMs and she was like, Hey, I'm hosting this blogger event. I have a free ticket. Do you want to come by? And I was almost like, man, I'm not going to know anybody there. Like, I don't really want to go. It's on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, mm -hmm. I will go. I have nothing to lose. Um, and I ended up going there and I met a whole bunch of people who were in the, like, blogging content creation scene in Halifax who I'd never met before. And I was like, oh, cool. this is so cool. And they had speakers talking about their experiences and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so valuable mm -hmm. to have these spaces, to have these conversations. And I was like, I feel like we should do something like that in Halifax. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so I reached out to my friend Candace, who used to be one of the owners of Almanac at the time. And I was oh. like 
this is an idea that I have. I want to do this in Halifax. And she was like, oh my God, amazing. Um, and she got um, her friend, Catherine, involved who used to run this account called Fork Your Diet at the time. She's <laughs> no longer a food blogger. Um, but we were like, oh my God, yeah, let's do this. And we had like set up a date. We had found speakers and it was supposed to be like a general bloggers thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had set the date for the 19th of April, 2020. And the mm-hmm. whole world shut down. Mm-hmm. In March of 2020. And then the whole idea kind of went on the back burner. And I think 2020 was a really big year for Black voices, for BIPOC Mm -hmm. voices, for Indigenous voices. Mm -hmm. And I started learning a lot in that space and educating myself and stuff like that. And I just felt this thing where I was like, I know that I want to do this thing. It's at the back of my mind. But I don't just want to do it for anybody anymore. Like, I want to be Mm -hmm. able to create those spaces for people who look like us, to have Mm -hmm. people who look like them all be in the same room together um and it was an idea in my mind and I was like I don't know I don't have space like Mm -hmm. um and then October of 2022 I was finally like okay I should I'm just gonna put it out there yeah I'm just gonna put it out there (laughs) um and um I have a really wonderful relationship with the garden I've worked with them before and stuff like that so I reached out to them and I was like Hey, I have this little idea. Um, could I maybe use your side room, please? And they were like, yes, of course. And I was like, okay, I have space. Space cool. was the main thing. Yeah. And I kind of like put out there, I was like, does anybody want to come to something like this? Mm-hmm. And there was like an overwhelming response. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Looks like we're doing that. And I put I put it out. I created the v- the event and like I was just selling 20 tickets and they sold out in like two days. Yes, ma'am. And I was like, oh my God. And it was just wonderful. Like when it actually happened, it was so magical and people were like, it's so amazing to have these spaces that we can come into because as a person of color, it's one less thing that I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's one less thing that I have to put on. I feel yeah. like I can just be myself and be around people who understand who I am and my experiences. And I think also specifically for creatives, as people of color, we're not taught that creative jobs are real jobs. True. Right? Absolutely. So it's really, really important to have people who look like us who have started their own businesses, who mm-hmm. are photographers, who are models, who are videographers, who are content creators, writers, musicians, to see that there's actually people who look like me doing this cool stuff that actually makes me feel really good and I'm really passionate about. Yes. So that's kind of how it came to be and why it exists, oh essentially. So I love thank it. Thank you for sharing the journey. Yeah. It's been a long one. <laughs> we appreciate you for going on it. For sure. So along this like this long journey, there was like a different pieces. There was an event that kind of inspired you. Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of took like a little bit to build the confidence for you to kind of like really launch it out there. Absolutely. So I was wondering if you can share like a specific experience or even like a mentor that's had a significant impact on your professional journey. Um, so somebody who's really, really impacted me was actually the speaker at our last event that you were at, mm-hmm. Irene, um, Dr. Banerjee, Dr. Rohini Banerjee. Oh, she's fabulous. Um, she's amazing. She was one of my professors at SMU. Okay. Um, I only had one course with her, but um, I remember I met her probably within my first week of orientation at SMU. Um, and she was like leading one of the arts seminars at the time. Um, and she came in and she was wearing a sari. And I was like, oh my God, there's a brown teacher wearing a sari. And I went I went and like spoke to her and I was like, hey, I'm also here. Like I'm, I just moved here from India and stuff like that. And she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And 
I think throughout, even though I didn't have classes with her throughout my like five years that I was at university, she was kind of somebody that I could always go to and like oh, run nice. ideas by. She always had my back. Um, mm-hmm. And she was the first person who ever told me, like I had always heard these things, like I always like to have my plate full with like a lot of different things that I was doing. Um, It's an anxiety thing. It's also like a, like a brown thing of like, hi, if I'm not doing a hundred different things and I'm not, I'm not busy, I'm not productive, I'm not worthy. Exactly. It's it's like a very immigrant, like mentality. Absolutely. Um, And everybody was like, you know, you're going to have to like drop something, you know, you have to be able to like even things out. And I was like, I don't know if I want to. Mm. And she was the first person who ever told me, if you want to do everything, do everything. And you are able to do everything and you can accommodate it. And I believe in you. I do it. You can do it. And you set the standard for other people. So I think Mm -hmm. her telling me that was a huge push to where I am now because I had never had anybody tell me that before wow. and she truly believed in that wow um and I think she's also kind of like gone on her journey and I've seen her grow as well and now she's grown into a position at the time she was a full professor of French and now she they created a position for her she's a VP of diversity excellence at SMU yes and diversity excellence yes and she also like shares so many vulnerable things about what it is to be like a third culture kid like she was uh-huh. born and raised here but she's so tied to her roots but uh-huh. also now learning about the impact of like generational trauma on uh-huh. immigrant lives and yeah. different things like that uh-huh. and sharing the importance of diversity in different spaces and She's also, even though she was the first person to to teach me that you can do everything and it's okay to do everything, she's also very passionate about rest and making sure that you look after yourself. So she is like, to me, a very great balance of what I would potentially want my career to look like. Oh, that's beautiful. Many different buckets, many different pots, but also occasionally you take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's such a good segue because I would love to hear from your opinion, what are some of the key skills or qualities that a woman brings into a leadership role in business? Oh my gosh, this is a really great question because I feel like women, it's so important to have women in these roles because they don't just bring resilience. Like we go through so much as women. Mm -hmm. So much. Professionally, personally. And we bring so much resilience to our roles, but we also bring softness and compassion Mm -hmm. for the people around us because we have been through so much. Mm -hmm. So you will usually see women be very strong and hard and where they stand. They know exactly what they want and they're really great role models, Mm -hmm. but they also bring that element of compassion which is rare to find with a male counterpart because we go through so much in our everyday and we balance so much in our lives. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that we have to... When you're also mom and sister and friend and wife, but Mm -hmm. then also somehow owner of business and then connector of community. That's a lot of layers of an individual that like as a woman, we feel that we have to put on a hat, but really it's like, or we can just layer it all together Mm -hmm. and then show the world that it's okay to have struggles, but it's also okay to be successful. Yes. It's that wonderful hand that a woman holds. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's the vulnerability of sharing and that compassion because we as women also, we connect by like sharing our stories mm-hmm. and things yes. like that. And it's really important to have women in leadership positions who can share those stories and yes. can share those experiences and make you feel seen in whatever it is that you're doing. Like, you know, a lot of times women are like, yeah, when we go for interviews, like men are never asked, like, how do you manage your family? Mm-hmm. True. And different things yes. like that. But 
only a woman can do those things. That's like, exactly it. Only a woman can do those things. And I think it's very important to have those role models in senior positions. I love how you m- made a point to stick out like, nobody asks a man how they're managing work and life. Never. Never. And then a lot of what we ask a lot of women is, how are you balancing your work-life balance? But it's so key to also hear those stories because it's like, we're doing it all. We mm-hmm. are the boss of of work and life and home and work. Like, it's, yes. it works. Yeah. And we can do that. Yeah, I do think it is also important to, like, ask men those questions and be like, how are you balancing both of those things? Because I think something as we as women in these positions asking these questions can do is also bring softness to men's lives. Because mm-hmm. again, there's also that toxic masculinity of like, you need to work and you need to provide and Constantly. stuff like that. Yeah. And I think something that we can do is encourage them to check in with themselves and check in with their softness and be like, how are you looking after yourself? Are yeah. you looking after your family? Are you spending time with your family? Mm-hmm. And asking those things to them as well. I love that Absolutely. check-in. Yeah. yeah. So when good. I was in law school, there was a um, Indigenous Black and Mi- I was in the Indigenous Black and Mi'kmaq program. Mm-hmm. And there was like a mentorship aspect that came with that. And I was matched with an Indigenous man and he had recently had a baby. So I just, I was just wondering, like I, yeah. I had noticed obviously with speaking with so many women in law, mm-hmm. they typically will introduce themselves and in, like at events and stuff as right. like mother, like as mm. you know, business owner, lawyer, mother is always right. something that they put at the forefront. But I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder like, would you ever introduce yourself as father? Like, is right. that something that you like, bring forward in those discussions? And he was like a little bit uncomfortable, but he was like, yeah, I mean, I think it is important to you know, show that part of my mm-hmm. my life. That's Absolutely. so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think something that we do as women is also take up a pride in the different roles that we yes, hold. It's sure. like, I'm mother, I'm a sister, I'm also a boss, I'm also an employee, I'm mm-hmm. also a friend. Like, I do all of these different things. And men tend to compartmentalize themselves where yeah, they are. Like, if they're, like, introducing themselves to their kids... You know, parent, friends, friend, parents parent, are yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm this person's dad. But he's not going to be like, this is the position that I hold and this is where I am, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> like, I think there is a beauty in owning all of the different aspects of mm-hmm. yourself. And that's something that I'm learning now, too, is when I come to places and I introduce myself, I am now forcing myself to talk about all of the different things that yep. I do because it's fucking cool like I do a lot of it's different really, things you yeah, launched you a film yeah like you I produced a film <laughs> yeah it's I you do have a, a lot business. of different things and so many people do a lot of different things and it's okay to like take pride yeah. in how much you do every day and all the different roles that you play I love that <laughs> yeah that is so good so I'm gonna ask you this question that we mm-hmm. like never ask men but in a different sort of way yes so I wonder if you can discuss the different support systems in your life and mm-hmm. the networks that have helped you navigate the challenges of balancing work life and home life absolutely mm-hmm. I mean first of all like I'm very very grateful and close to my family like my parents and my brother mm-hmm. they are always there they're always a phone call away and I think I give like credit to my mom where she's like I need you to call me at least every day or every two days (laughs) even if it's to say like that is immigrant mom right there yeah so it like maintains that kind of connection and then every week my brother and I do a video call with my mom and a video call with my dad so they're always kind of like in the loop definitely um but in terms of the life that I've built here my biggest support system has to be my friends like I'm very 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 fortunate to have a group of and I've curated a group of friends who are very supportive they'll always be there for me if I have like a big event or something they'll always be there to support me we hang out. yeah exactly and they'll 
like we make the time and space to foster those relationships. Yeah. Um, but I think something, especially over the last like year or two that I've realized is that I have to be my own biggest support system. Like mm. I cannot expect my friends and my partner to look after me. Um, so it's now it's including that time for self-care, yes. no matter what that looks like in any different capacity. Um, I also have PCOS. I have an autoimmune disease. And I have to, one of the things that I have to do is actively choose yep. to look after myself. You because do. if I don't look after myself, my symptoms get really bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those things is moving my body for 30 minutes in what ever way that is there's no right way or wrong way um and something that i initially started doing is like going for walks and grounding in nature um so it initially started out i was like okay you know what i'm gonna take 10 minutes a day and go walk in grass you know, yeah, I'm the take hot off my girl shoe. walks came from. That's where the hot girl walks yes. came from. We love the hot girl walks and yes. hot girl thoughts. Yes, that's where the hot girl walks came from. And I was like, I'm just going to go out for 10 minutes. I'm going to take off my shoes and walk in a patch of grass. And I'm not going to care if people look at me. Um, cool. And that, oh, nice. like, and it's truly, it's almost like meditation because you're so aware when you're walking barefoot because we're so used to, like, wearing shoes yeah. and, like, walking. Mm-hmm. Like, even in my house, I wear slippers. Like, I'm never yeah. actually, uh-huh. like, connected to the earth. Um, but I was taking the conscious time to do that and it's like proven to it helps with your stress levels it helps with hormonal balance like you're you're essentially like reconnecting yourself to the earth it sounds very hippy dippy because it is Um, (laughs) you really feel that you absolutely feel that and it's like a state of meditation for that time that you're doing it Mm -hmm. um so it started off as like i'm gonna go to the park that's outside my house and do that um so i started doing that um and then after i was like okay i'll just go for like a little bit of a longer walk um Mm -hmm. and then it started becoming like 30 minutes walks and then Point Pleasant Park is very close to my house okay. and it ended up being that I would go all the way to Point Pleasant I would go to the ocean stick my feet in the water and mm-hmm. stand there for like 10 minutes in the water just wow. by myself wow. and then I would do the whole loop and I would walk home and it ended up being a situation where I would like have an hour and a half every single day just to myself that is so beautiful to walk around and it was so so life-changing because I was moving my body in a way that was that actually brought me joy. I love walking, yeah. but it was also time to myself yeah. yes. that I was not dedicating to anybody else. I was just yeah. listening to music or listening to my audiobook. I wasn't talking to anybody or doing anything. And I think that was really, really valuable to be like, this makes me feel good. Oh, and it's so okay good. to do things that make me feel good. Oh, that's, yes, it's so yeah. okay to do things that makes you feel good. Because <laughs> yeah. I want to amplify on that. What other... Because you prioritize self-care so much and and personal uh, well-being. But how do you manage that while also managing running your business? Because, I mean, you do a lot. Mm -hmm, So how do you, mm -hmm. because you do the hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah. How do you manage that in your schedule? Um, So I will say that this summer, a lot of my business stuff kind of took a back seat because Mm. I was like, I need to take this time to actually refuel myself. Like I cannot give to other people because like with organizing events and stuff like that or producing you're giving a lot of your energy to other people to like Mm -hmm. put things together create spaces for other people blah blah blah. and summer's also like a busy time for everybody it's really um so i was like i just want to look after myself for a little while and it's okay to have put some things on the back burner because you want to prioritize yourself nobody is going to be your own ride or die as hard as you are and you need to understand that and accept that and actually own that um so a lot of it is like making sure that I'm actively choosing to take that time for myself like even if I can't do like an hour and a half I'm like okay I need to go out 
even if it's for 30 minutes. And now a lot of it, it's like, if I'm busy, I will still choose to go to the gym for 30 minutes a day. Like mm. just have some kind of movement in some capacity because if you find, if you move in a way that actually brings you joy, you're more likely to do it again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the, the culture that I grew up in, movement was considered like a punishment. It's like, oh, if you did something bad, go run three laps of the field or whatever. Oh, okay. um, and it's also been like reprogramming my mind to see movement as something that is good for me and brings me joy. So it's like now I've kind of like shifted my perspective and I'm like, okay, I'm going to lift five days a week. I'm going to run 5K mm-hmm. once a week. I'm going to do some yoga slash go out for a walk as many times a week as I possibly can because I know that that makes me feel good Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So it's actively like, if I need to put some things on a back burner, I will do that to prioritize myself. I feel like this is like the era of my life that I'm in now. My answer might change in like three months, but like that's where I am right now. (laughs) And I love how you touched on like, you had to make the intentional move of like, okay, this is going on the back burner for now. Mm -hmm. I need to prioritize this right now. Because sometimes as entrepreneurs, it's so easy for us to be like, as you said, we're gonna do it all. We're gonna do all the things. And then you're like, wait, I need to check this moment of my life right now. And what is a priority for me? Mm -hmm. And how do I then maintain myself as a priority in that? Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said that. And I think it's also about saying no to things that you don't really want to do mm, we do a lot part. of things that we don't really want to do and <laughs> hang out with a lot of people who we don't necessarily want to hang out with yeah. and do a lot of things that don't bring us joy it's okay to be like I'm not feeling that right now I'm just gonna go out for a walk and have some time to myself or like mm. I've had a really busy week I just need some time to like decompress and like sit on the couch it's mm-hmm. okay to say that <laughs> it's okay yes. you'll be able to hang out with your friends again it's okay to say no i don't know how many times we can say this on this podcast it's true. I yeah we'll keep saying say it. no more babes <laughs> yep so i feel like that kind of gets into like embracing your feminine energy mm-hmm. so can you talk about any like experiences or even how like your style has changed through embracing your femininity and how that has impacted your leadership styles or even your professional yeah i mean a lot of what i've been talking about is like that's what they see on tiktok what they call on tiktok the softer life is like Mm. choosing the soft feminine parts of yourself to like allow yourself to bloom um i feel like because i've prioritized myself so much in like the last four months especially is like being able to slow down and actually having time to myself and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have more energy now in the fall, especially to like put into other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay to want to slow down Mm -hmm. and live a softer life because if you look after yourself, like if your cup is full, you can pour into other people's cup. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think when I was younger, a lot of it was like, yeah, we have to hustle and like do everything so many times a day. And now actually in whether it's at work where where I'm talking to like people on my team who I'm like helping out who are like in junior positions and stuff my main piece of advice to anybody who I talk to now is make sure that you rest your job ends mm-hmm. at five mm-hmm. you are not paid to work overtime mm-hmm. nobody is going to see that except for you yeah reward yourself with downtime like to me now reward is downtime and that's what I encourage people to do is and that's how my leadership has changed is like work hard in the time that you have to work hard and then after that rest and Mm -hmm. have a different section of your life yes so i think that kind of 
the the femininity of having all of these different roles is make sure you give time to these different roles and it's okay mm-hmm. to like not allow one of those to bleed into the other aspects of your life yeah. oh, i love that yeah because it's so easy to be cooped up in like i'm mom mm-hmm. i'm also teacher i'm also mentor mm-hmm. it's like it's okay to just be mom it's okay to just be mentor exactly. in that nine to five exactly and put your full presence in that mm-hmm. oh that's mm-hmm. so good yeah. and so i would love to close with what are you most proud of yourself for oh this is a good question um i think that i am one of the things that i'm probably most proud of is being able to build communities that i love in my life um whether that's with my friendships like i it's i've had a lot of shakeups in my friendships within like since covid i would say Mm -hmm. because i've actively chosen to remove people from my life Mm -hmm. who talk a lot of shit Mm -hmm. don't actually make me feel good when i hang out with them yeah and i feel really drained like i've actively Mm -hmm. made a conscious effort to curate the people who i surround myself with so i'm really proud of that and how much i love my friends and how much i trust them and how they are absolutely like family to me and i would bend over backwards to do things for them it's rare to have i can count I have so many people who I would do that for and I'm really, really grateful to be able to have that because I know that it's not something to be taken for granted. But also like with, whether it's pocketbook, whether it's through my film, I love to make people feel welcomed and seen in the spaces that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to do that and I love that I'm able to do that and make one individual person, every single individual person in a room feel really seen and really special even if they're in, like, a large crowd. That's incredible. I feel like that's um, a really unique skill, honestly, because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many people who will just come at you and want your time and Mm -hmm. want your energy and just want to take from you. So to be able to be like, okay, pause. I actually need to remove myself from this person and Mm -hmm. focus on the people who do truly bring me joy. Absolutely. That's really hard. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. Yeah, and especially if there's somebody who who has been in your life for a long time, it's okay to know that you're growing, somebody is also growing, but they might be growing in a different direction. And it's okay to let those people go with happiness and with peace and be like, I know you've been around. We've had some really wonderful like times and memories together, but I don't think that we're growing in the same direction now. And I feel like both of us will actually be happier if we choose to step back from each other for a little bit mm-hmm. um and so foster you have other that conversation with that person i've had conversations with friends about that well done yeah that is I big moves. very impressive that yeah is so impressive yeah i've literally been like i don't think that this is serving either of us anymore and mm. we should probably go different ways yeah wow that is so adult too i know it's hard <laughs> it's hard but truly like those hard conversations are what have allowed me to build the community that I have now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important. Like those stepping away from those things is going to make space for better things in your life. It's true. Absolutely. It's true. And I'm so thankful that I have you as a friend in my life. Me like, too. So I love thankful. you guys. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for here. having me. I'm so honored. We're so honored. And thank you so much for joining us today. Until next, next time, time, Divine Darlings. darlings.